Oh, hi. It's early. I'm sorry. Forgot about my hair appointment. But there's people here. That's wonderful. Welcome. Welcome to come, come out of the cold. Welcome to crying in the book club. Oh, here, have something to eat. There, there you go. Oh, he's chewing. He's chewing. That's good. Here, ha have something to smoke. Oh, here, have something to drink. Those are all the gifts I have. But welcome to the Hit New Podcast, where three, no wait, four emotional friends talk about comic books that make them emotional. That's right. This week, we have a special guest joining us all the way from a place in the United States. Uh, well, I'm a whoa. Well, I almost said it. I kind of said the first letter, so if we've got any detectives there, they could dox our good friend Chad. Chad, how you doing? I am from the United States. I'm sorry. It's yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Chad, what is your New Year's comics resolution? Uh, not to make one. Wow, wow. You you've done well the last few years. I know I you and know. Cameron talked about it, and you, there's there's hope sometimes, but that hasn't been brought up in like 100 episodes of Opinions Are Cheap, so I think it's dead. I feel like my resolution should be to read less comics. I think it's really great that we're talking about New Year's resolutions in an episode that's going to come out in February. <laughs> well, it's it's February. It's a new new fe new month, new year, new new life. Uh, Emily, hello. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. Do you want to know what uh, my comics New Year's resolution is? For February, yep. Yeah, I'm going to finally finish Dykes to Watch Out For, which I've been slowly uh, working on for the past year, even though it's like 300 pages. Heck yeah. That's what I said about, uh, uh, oh, I can't even remember it. I don't want to remember it. Jean-Luc, welcome to the show. How you Thank doing? you. It's good to be here. I've never been here before. That's good. He's got long hair. He's got a shirt that says, I hate money, I think. That is, what it's the shirt. that is what the shirt says, yeah. And he's flanked by a shelf full of Lego. Uh, Jean-Luc, can you name all your Lego? Yeah, but we don't probably don't have time for that. <laughs> all right, that's fair. What's your what's your what's your comic resolution for the for this this year that we're a month in? Now that you've had a month to think about it. Oh no, we're not a month in. I'm gonna edit this to put it in one of the January episodes. I don't you like making time. my life complicated. I... Uh, <laughs> no, I my it's it's the year of the freak. I'm reading more comics for freaks in 2023. Nice. I can nice. recommend some some of those. <laughs> I'm not reading more mangas than I have to this year. Oh. No. <laughs> I am going to read the Shinji Akari ra Raising Project or whatever the fuck that thing is called, but... Special episode, me and John Luke talking about the Shinji Akari Raising Project! No. Hi, Chad. Yes! <laughs> Hi. <laughs> wow. Welcome back. You were you were here on a previous show. Yeah, it's been what a month and a half, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it feels like way, it feels like way longer. I mean, the the whole December time kind of like balloons out to be it's a super month. Yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah, I saw so much family this last month. So much family, but my resolution is to not read any more comics. So. Gonna see oh, what yeah. can do. It's yeah. gonna make this show complicated, but uh, I'm sure yeah. we can figure well, it out. Last year, like we kind of ended off the comics podcast around that time, a little later, um, and we read a ton of comics. So I cut down for this year. I'm gonna cut okay. down even more. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna write the plot summaries and then sort of go off that, and then the, and then the messages that Jean Luc and Emily send about like, oh my god, can you believe this? I'm like, what? That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, can we just have notifications on for at Panda reads comics? I was Twitter. gonna make that. Joke, John Luke. <laughs> so you can know exactly which panels are the important ones from a book. It's true. So, so they make the same jokes. Uh, there really is a spot for for Ripley. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm <laughs> exactly. Just saying. There's, 
just slot right in there. No, no, I'm kidding. But um, I know we're talking about, you know, New Year comic resolutions, but venture back with me to the year 2016, 2017 in, in a little place called Ireland. Um, you know, Wayward's going on. Rory's hanging out there. But there's another Irish comic by, I think, an Irish person. Uh, Sandsworth's pretty Irish. It's The Hunt, which is what we're talking about today. Um, a five-issue miniseries published in 2016 by Image and written and drawn by Colin Lorimer. Uh, a nice old supernatural horror tale that gives Irish mythology a distinctly modern twist. Wow. Um, so who chose this, first of all? I, I, I don't remember. Because it wasn't me. That's not a slight, but... What do you mean, who chose it? I think we chose it did collectively. We do together? Yeah, oh, that's great. I love it when we do that. I had never <laughs> read it, so I just said, sure. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We'll do a, we'll do a quick summary, then we'll get into some... some you know how, what we thought about the book because this was this was one that was uh we read back in 2016 a few of us so did Very you guys read this while it was coming out uh for the for the original iteration of the show yeah or, for yeah. our predecessor yeah and we had we had good thoughts about it we'll see if that if that is still what it is but uh the hunt is an urban fantasy uh comic about orla a girl who has witnessed creatures called the slaw taking her father's soul on his deathbed um She's found alone in the woods by a police officer, and she says that someone has stolen her dad's soul. Makes sense. Uh, fast forward, and Orla's in high school and has become somewhat obsessed with the slaw and sort of drawing supernatural beings, and the popular girls are very mean. Um, they don't end up getting, you know, killed in this thing, but I think in a future volume they could, and that'd be kind of cool. Um, she ends up meeting up with a being that she thinks where, uh, that she, she, she goes on a quest for father's soul and ends up um, learning that it's trapped in the netherworld. She goes looking there for answers. But finds out that the answers are not there. That um, it wasn't the people in the netherworld, but people sent from the netherworld years ago who sort of got tainted by Earth. Um, her grandma's almost killed by a servant of the Slaw, and Orla ends up um, going going to her, and then her brother gets kidnapped. Uh, she ends up going to her dad's grave in the past, cutting off her finger to summon the being that took her dad's soul. Um, and it, there's a lot of this summary is great it's really great uh, but anyway uh orla is led to her brother eventually who's been taken and he's kind of being turned into a creature and she ends up sacrificing herself seemingly to save her brother her grandma ends up living and a year later a detective comes across a blue butterfly um that's mostly the jumbled the jumbled summary of the hunt but we, we mentioned that it was a, a comics podcast gem back in 2016 I, I would like to point out that you have ri written at the bottom of this summary what <laughs> and I, I i imagine that that is a mistake but it is also sort of that I, was a, I mean, uh, feels a little apt that was a little uh i think it was late last night and i don't know i don't remember writing that but i guess i did uh but anyways the hunt came back it came out in 2016 it was a comics podcast gem um and uh i'll start with chad but what do you remember about it if, if anything from that time it's funny i feel like the the issue that really stuck out the most uh to me was the fourth one uh, some of the the artwork in that and like the major reveals and i thought that was the last issue and so i'm rereading it i was like oh this is number four what the fuck happens in number five <laughs> Damn. Um, i think what the, the artwork and the atmosphere are the things that really carried over it because it's been a long time since we've gone through this and those are i was like oh that hasn't changed uh my my perception of them has but like the the things that some of the things that really gripped me back in 2016 are still very gripping now but I, I there's like plot points, character stuff. I didn't remember like any of that. Yeah. How about you, Jean Luc? 
I, yeah, I, I would say I'm mostly like on the same page as Chad. Like, there's that panel in issue four with the 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 slaw creature sitting on top of the gravestone, and I like saw that, and I'm like, yes, that's what I I remember this exactly. But yeah, like I I, I if you had asked me like two weeks ago before I reread this what the actual plot of the hunt was, as Emily did at the end of an episode of the podcast, uh. I, I would have said, oh, it's like an Irish horror book, an Irish folk horror book, because I, I did not really remember the specific that is what plot you points said. very well. I, I think that might be verbatim what I said. I'd say that's true. It's like, you know. Yeah, you're not it's wrong. Not, it, it's not inaccurate. I, it's just, it was just a deflection because I did not remember what the characters did in this Yeah, story. it's a little generic for sure. <laughs> no, I remember, like, the, I remember that it had, like, something to do with, like, her dad being killed at the beginning, but I didn't remember, like, why that was a motive motivating factor in in the plot but i i definitely am with chad and like the art is what uh so to be specifically like the creature design um in the later mm. issues yeah for me it was just the vibe of, of the hunt more so than any specific plot points like you guys said it was like yeah it was like irish horror it's pretty cool there were a few standout moments uh, but until i reread it like three weeks ago i was like oh right this is a book and then i reread it last night and i still got that jumbled summary that you all just heard so um so clearly you still didn't understand the story. So are they Irish or are they pretending to be Irish? Is this, is this a, or like, where are they, where are they from? That's the, that's the, yeah. Emily, do you, do you hear about the hunt before this? Was, were, no, was it on the radar I, at all? I had not heard of this at all. I had no idea what I was getting into, except for the fact that John had said it was uh Irish folk horror. And I like uh spooky Irish folklore inspired stuff so i was uh i was pretty on board uh with that and i liked this it was heck yeah which i guess brings us over to our general thoughts but um rereading in 2022 which is now what six years later strange to say 2023 wow seven years later that's even worse to say uh does it do you find that it that it holds up or that you enjoy it uh chad um i i i still enjoyed it I don't know if I enjoyed it as much now as I did then. I found the ending to be kind of unsatisfying. Um, some of the, some of the the characters that kind of show up and leave, I feel like don't really serve the story a whole lot. Like the the police officer characters, I guess they're like there because they kind of have to be because a crime was committed, but they get almost more page space than they need to just because they're not that interesting and they don't really do anything. And so there's not an effective use of time, I think, in in some of the issues. So it's it's definitely like a little more flawed going through now. I think the things that work still work very well, like the atmosphere and the uh, the coloring. But I don't know. I wanted I wanted a better ending. Like it 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 left me feeling pretty pretty unsatisfied. It, it's really weird that they introduce the detective character in like issue two, and they sort of start setting it up as if like he thinks that Orla is the one who committed the crime, or at least that was my reading of it. But then they, like, never pursue that plot thread, really, because so much of the page space is focused on, you know, Orla actually going after the the slough and trying to get her brother back. So you just get these, like, they're almost like recap pages in, in, the, in, in issues two through five, where the detective is just, like, telling, more or less trying to piece together what happened and also telling the reader what happened in the previous issue. Like, oh yeah, like there's a scene of them watching the security footage of the of her little brother disappearing. It's like just in case you forgot what happened to, to Ollie. Previously on the hunt. To be fair, 
this is sort of a uh like a dense book or like a, it like it has certain densely packed issues and if i were reading this month to month i would probably need a recap oh i i don't disagree like i think that it's an elegant way to like do a recap page rather than like try to dump it in you know internal monologue or whatever at the beginning at the start of the book uh, it's just like there are subplots like that and also they like introduce the boyfriend character at the be- in the first issue who also proceeds to like not do anything uh it's like the 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 like main plot of it of like orla trying to you know her brother being taken and then her trying to go and like get her brother back and also her dad's soul back at the same time i feel like that part of the book is very like tightly constructed but i almost would like to see that have gotten have been extrapolated on a little bit more rather than you know introducing a lot of like side characters and and subplots that kind of just like don't go anywhere uh by by the end yeah i feel like they're there to sort of ground it and like oh this is happening in the real world sure you know it's all this happening but i feel like it doesn't it never really reaches that like level of believability with them there like it never feels like oh like that stuff feels like a side thing which which it really is compared to like what's going on at the slob but like i feel like the best stuff that like happens in happens in the real world but it's also got that supernatural thing is like you know 50 50 and, and, and whenever there's like a high school thing brought up i i like to like you know i, I wish they spent maybe more time there I, it probably wouldn't serve the overall story but just something to give it a little more character because basically like oh she draws and, and the mean girls don't like her and she doesn't like the mean girls and then that's it they leave it behind they go to the next issue i i think that part is kind of a nice bit of flavor at the beginning because it does set her up as like it sets it sets Orla up as being an outcast in the sense that and more like isolated, which I think is an important part of the story. Is that it, like when her dad dies when she's a kid, like she immediately starts feeling like isolated and cut off from everybody else, which I think is important to the story, like tonally. But yeah, I I agree that like it, it, a lot of that like sort of comes in and then goes away with like relatively little consequence. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I uh, sort of read this book in two bursts. Like, I read half of it, and then we kept pushing the recording date for this episode. So I didn't end up reading the other half until, uh, like, this morning. And by the time I finished, I had mostly forgotten about all the school stuff because, like, I I was at the part where everything was like getting crazy in the fairy world or whatever. So like that was just the whole book from then on basically. I feel like I either wanted more school or none at all. Either more to really contrast or get rid of it because it doesn't it's not around enough to serve the story. I also I wish Orla didn't have a boyfriend. I feel like that almost humanizes her too much. Like we only have five issues. There's there's only a very limited amount of space to do what we can do, and I feel like trying to make her seem vaguely normal when all this shit's going on and she's so clearly not normal. Just if it were like ten issues, yeah, then because you, you could build with the, that character more. But because we didn't have that space, it's just it's just a waste of page space. I super agree, actually. Sure. Yeah. Well, but if she had a girlfriend, you would disagree, right, Emily? I mean, I wouldn't. I don't feel negative about the boyfriend. I feel, but like, I think that Chad is right. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm Joshin. So even if Chad said, I think having a girlfriend humanizes her too much, I'd be like, fuck you, but you're right. 
<laughs> the point remains. Yeah. I mean, looking at, I mean, it's not really a fair comparison, but just because I mentioned at the beginning, uh, Wayward, where you, you know, you meet Rory at the beginning and she's a kid and then like the supernatural stuff kind of just like comes in very, very naturally as she's going around her life in Japan and that, that kind of thing. Um, where this one, it feels like they're kind of just like separate where it's like, she's in her school. I mean, sure. She's drawing the stuff and then it's like, there's a supernatural. And then that just sort of, it's just sort of takes over and everything else. It almost feels like set dressing, um, going there, but well, it adds stakes to the story in the sense that, you know, she kind of has to keep it, she has to keep it on the down low, all the supernatural stuff, which yeah. I think is compelling. It's just that it, it, it never, tr- it never tries to realize those stakes. Like the stakes are never like what could happen to Orla in the real world after this. Um, that, that's it's something that's hinted at, but never fully developed yeah I don't and, think. and i'm not sure if i'd want it to be like a orla needs to save the day or dublin blows up but it's also like you know maybe maybe, maybe a little bit of that maybe, or like even the town or just like like some sort of effect where like i mean it obviously i mean it, it affects like her family and stuff which is i guess the main emotional crux of this of this story and everything. Uh, dame judy dench lookalike character which like if this is ever picked up into anything you, you know who's getting cast hopefully um i I just, yeah, because they can me, definitely afford her. <laughs> yeah, Colin Lorimer. He's got. Is it Colin? It is. He's good, got good, Cats good, good 2019 job. money. Yeah, I, I think that honestly, one of the one of the things that I, I think to go back to Chad's point about the ending, it just ends up feeling a little bit unsatisfying and not for me, not necessarily because I dislike the ending, but because there's this book has a ton of interesting ideas and sets them all up really well like with these sort of like two worlds of you know orla in the human world and also in the in the sort of spirit fairy world and it sets up what seems like a really compelling world and then kind and it's one that i would like to spend more time in and like really see it fleshed out because especially in the last issue there's like all this back and forth between like the good fair the good spirits and the bad spirits or as as the book sets them up the good spirits and the bad spirits that like teases out like a much broader world that we never get to see mm-hmm. and i almost you know would like to like have gotten another mini series or something just to see all of that get expounded it, upon that, that's definitely what it feels like at the end like it, it mm-hmm. feels like it feels like the plan was to make another one and maybe it didn't sell enough maybe that I mean, maybe that was the ending that Colin always had, but it really does feel like it's like a, what would happen next? Like there's so much more to explore and that kind of thing. There's a, there's a really strong like density to what he's doing. There's, there's a lot of rules in place that the characters are all aware of, but we as readers are kind of not, there's a lot of politics going on between these different factions of spirits and all of that on paper is great. And most of it in the book is really good too. I just wanted more of it. Yeah, yeah, and it, like I really like the whole thing where it's like, okay, like these spirits, like they're on the same, you know, they're basically the same thing, but these ones were like on Earth for a long time, so they sort of got corrupted by like being there, and it's like I thought that angle was very, was very compelling, and then yeah, just coming together and like I, like I, th- I think their final sort of conf- confrontation that they have is good, and then um, it's just like the Orla ending is kind of like oh, the police officer is talking to his kid, nice. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like I. I I am I, I am sort of willing to forgive a lot of the like my narrative and character issues just because I think the art is so good and I think like the app like 
reading it all in one sitting, I didn't remember it f- having as much tension as it does. Like, I, I genuinely thought that there was, like, I remembered some of the, like, specific horror images, um, but I didn't remember that it, it having, like, as tense an atmosphere because everything does feel very, like, I, not, I don't want to say scary, but it, it happens on such an accelerated time frame which I think maybe was lost when I read it month to month as opposed to, you know, reading it all in basically one sitting. Yeah. Um, and, but I think a big part of that is the art, like the way that it uses shadows and how dark a lot of the pages are. Um, I, you know, I love the sort of like green, like light green aqua filter that they put out that gets colored over everything when she goes into the spirit world, uh, in issue two. Um, there's just a really, I don't know. There's a, there, there's a really like haunting quality, I think to a lot of, uh, to, to a lot of the, the images in this book. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think any horror comic needs to be driven by the art it has to like, yeah, uh, sure. you know, kind of work up that way. And it definitely does. Uh, I mean, the scene for me is when they first get into the, into the sort of a nether realm and you just see like, the, it's like, it's, like it's a double page spread where it's just like the creatures and it's like the, the, yeah. the aquamarine sort of tint. And it's just like, Oh, it's very, very cool. And then, yeah, and the other scene that stands out is is definitely the the creature on 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 the grave just doing the pose, um, and I think it's something that Nightwing did in the New Fifty Two, and he was like a zombie or something. So, <laughs> extra points for that. Um, one of the um, uh, one of the things that really struck me as far as the art goes is the comic didn't employ a lot of double page spreads, but it was like one and three quarter page where the bottom or the top strip would have extra panels, and then you'd have. The, the full page uh, spreads underneath or above. And I thought that was really cool and like a really clever use of page space where you can get these big dramatic scenes but still keep the story going forward at a kind of rapid pace. The The artwork definitely does a lot of heavy lifting, but it's also like really smart heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah, this book is gorgeous. <laughs> I, I really it's... like the the creature design for like the different spirits and stuff like everything is so like uh, it looks really one of the things too that i I feel like the book kind of conveys through its art is like when orla is in control around magic the colors are blue and green and when she's not in control they shift to like red and orange which are the opposite on the color wheel (laughs) and so there's really like crazy visual cues on like oh shit's going wrong because Everything's red now. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do color theory on this podcast. Now. Ooh. No, that's yeah, that's it's exactly stuff like that. And I mean, like like Chad said about the the panel layouts, like you, where you almost get these like you get these broad sets and then these like zooms and cuts in the in the same page is like is really smart use of page space uh, for sure. Um, yeah, and like on, on a lettering perspective, and I guess on a coloring of the letters, the. Uh, the, the the quote unquote evil ones with their like red and orange like, yeah bond that's it looks like so cool. clashing with each other as you're doing and you kind of got to look closely to read I thought that was that was really cool a nice sense of dread from 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 the colors and the letters well and even yeah. like in those panels where she's having where where Orla's where, where Orla's remembering back to when she you know goes back to her grandmother and they sort of hatch the final part of their plan to to get her dad's soul back like you you get like in the red tints in the in the in the in all the panels is really just like you know just like small things that are indicative of like you know orla's darker edge that she has i don't know it's 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 yeah. a lot of good stuff like that that 
really goes a long way. It may, there's like an, an almost like surreal effect that some of the coloring has on like on panels that don't even have like any of the spirits in them or any of the otherworldly stuff in them that just like it's a little it, it just is a little off and creepy in the way that like when things are like slightly miscolored or you know shrouded slightly in shadow can like instill that that feeling that is you know really well done like what in the hospital scene like before the before her brother's taken in those leading up moments you're like oh something's off and that's kind of like what the whole book is but it's even it's even there's a good thing of sending attention um i mean like so this book is basically like orla dealing with the loss of her father but also like not really letting him go and you know the spirit stuff do you think like on the emotional core level it's it's successful and do you guys resonate with that because the art's good but like the actual rest of the sort of storytelling i i don't really read it that way like it's definitely a motif here that like loss and how you treat loss but to me the story isn't about that it's about revenge like her whole shtick is she wants to get her father's soul back but she wants to punish it the people that did this and she's so hyper focused on this that once she makes mistakes uh in issues four and five and that's what why her brother gets captured but she's pushing people aside, you know, her, her and her grandmother are in cahoots and they're not telling anybody and they're doing some weird shit. And they're, they're just so driven to, to try and basically wrong this or right this wrong that it's, of, you know, negatively affecting the rest of their lives and everybody around them. And they don't seem to care because they don't stop. And so I read this as a revenge story and the, the sacrifices they make, you know, they're willing to hurt themselves. They're willing to uh, endanger other people to get what they want. And in, I guess Orla kind of pays the ultimate price. Like she's willing to, you know, she kind of kills herself. She turns into a butterfly at the end, but she gets what she wants. She fucks over the bad guys. And I, and she seems totally okay with that. Like her whole personality is like really hinged on this, on this aspect of, of revenging and, and vengeance. And I think it's kind of neat. Um, but is it, you know, is it goes back to, is it satisfying or not? I don't know. The book definitely has things it wants to say about trauma. I, I don't know if it's that clear throughout. Like, I was trying to find, like, what is the thesis of this five-issue series? And it was hard to land on something that I found really stuck. I would sort of put forward that, like, the in terms of the thesis of what it's trying to say, and I think it's a little bit muddled and it, it kind of loses the thread along the way a few times, is that, like, systemically, like... And I think that this ties into the, the changelings being corrupted by, like, having spent a lot of time among humans and in the modern world, but that, like, systemically, there's an sort of alienation from, like spirituality and from nature almost because i think it's important that like the the spirits that are, are portrayed as good are the ones who live in the forest and are sort of segmented off from like industrialized modern civilization and those are the ones who are you know sort of portrayed as having pure motives and you know when orla is off like in the woods like that is as a kid and they all they're always referencing that like she would just disappear into the woods and be with the people there trying to find her father like to me that is almost sort <clears throat> sort of the book trying to say that like she is trying to reconnect almost with like some sort of natural more pagan spirituality almost um which also like i don't know a lot about irish folklore but like that is a big 
tenet of it from my, of in my understanding of it is like that connection with like spirits that get their divinity from nature um <clears throat> and from the woods and, and i think that like the book it's the book is really unclear about making that point but that you know when you're when you live in sort of a like atomized alienating modern society when you experience something really traumatic like the loss of a parent um the responses to to that are to like institutionalize you you know and as Euler references that she was institutionalized a couple times again i i think the book kind of is messy when it about actually getting to making this point um but i th- that's my read on like what it's trying to say um and that the ultimate thing that she does at the end is like fully returning to you know it, both in terms of like grappling with with the loss of her father but also uh you know getting revenge on the people the people who took him is that she you know is fully reintegrated with with you know nature and with the more pure spirits um but i don't know i don't know if uh, anyone has like other readings on it but that was sort of where i where i came down i accept that reading yeah it it makes the ending more satisfying and you know what (laughs) i'll take it um and yeah, I mean, like a lot of the a lot of the book does takes place in like the hospital and takes place in like the school and takes place like there isn't a lot of nature and stuff going on other than when she goes to the forest or when she's in like the the spirit realm as well. So it's like, um, you can definitely see that. But and those are always places where like you know in the school she she's at school she's bullied and picked on and she's sort of you kind of get the sense that she's not the greatest student because she's distracted. And the hospital, of course, is like where Ollie ends up getting taken basically out from under everybody's noses. Um, Even though it is really her fault for, you know, giving him a protection rune and then going into the spirit realm where her protection spells aren't as powerful anymore. Um, But then when she, you know, and they're they're always like portrayed as very dark and, and like these complicated claustrophobic spaces. Um, Whereas the, the spirit world is is less is has a lot less of that but i would almost disagree with that from an artistic perspective because like this comic is extremely darkly colored kind of from top to bottom and some mm. of the brightest areas are when she's far away from the spirit world they're like the the detectives in the um in the police office the their their area of work for example in issue three is like the brightest page in the entire freaking series uh, though the lighting when she's in school or when she's in the hospital is a bit more vivid and brightly colored than when she is in the spirit world. And that's another thing where like, I feel like the art does so much work, but also it kind of muddles maybe what the book is trying to say. Cause it's so stylized that it's like, okay, which place is supposed to be good because the school looks more inviting visually than the forest. But then it seems like thematically it wants us to go to the forest and it doesn't quite match. Yeah, I I would say the visually though the school is like it's bright but it's bright in a drab way whereas the the forest may be dark but it's dark in a way that feels alive. Like it feels like mossy and misty in a way that you would associate with like, you know, waking up on like early like it's like dawn on a like summer day after it's rained or whatever, you know. Whereas the school is like it's it, it's like it's bright but it's like the sort of bright of like 
a drab grayscale hallway or yeah sterile that's actually exactly the the word a perfect word for it um so i i I don't know like i i do think that there's some conflicting there for sure Mm -hmm. like because there are other places that you know are a lot brighter but i think it's 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 not just the necessarily the like dark light dichotomy but there's a little bit there's a little bit more to it so, would you guys like to see a sequel to The Hunt, given, I mean, the somewhat unsatisfied, like, like another six-issue mini that goes yeah. into it, or is, like, they're not enough for that? I'd be up for it. Yeah. I I would be down for it to a point, like, I don't know if we need to return to Orla and her family, but yeah. I do like the spirit world. I would like to see more of what what exists in there, what exists that overlap with Earth, things of that nature. The uh, the politics, the rules, all of that stuff to me is really fun. Like I, Orla's end is Orla's end, whether you like it or not. I do feel like the this series has a conclusion. Yeah. Uh, so I I would like to see Lorimer return to this art style and then his monster design. I would kind of like to see like another six issue mini, and maybe it's like you know it's obviously it's like the same spirit world and stuff, but like different human characters and then i don't know maybe like orla butterfly shows up at the end for some reason yeah i was thinking that or like or like oh it's in the background like well there's 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 the butterfly yeah but uh you know just to give like a nod to the the first series but um yeah i'd read another i'd read another series of this yeah i haven't i haven't read a lot of like irish mythology stuff um I think it's like this and Wayward, and Wayward doesn't really like the Wayward Ireland arc was kind of like the weakest arc of the series, so it's kind of like hard to, you know, be too high on it. But I would definitely like to explore more of it um, if they did make a new one. I don't think there's a good chance because this is from 2016, and you know, six years on, it's an image series, probably, probably gone. But and I mean, I had never Lorimer even heard of like, it. So has Lorimer even done other comic books? Like, I, I feel like I would always look for his name in the image folders and i would never see it yeah he's a i mean when you search colin larmer the thing that comes up is the hunt <laughs> um it says the hunt uxb and daisy uh, oh he, he's a tv guy so he does the last of us peacemaker he does the naughty dog game so he's um yeah he's he's more of a video game artist i guess okay yeah daisy yeah. came out towards the end of last year uh into oh. the and, and and ran into the beginning of this year um, I mean, yeah, it looks like another horror, maybe set in a similar, similar. I uh, mean, vibe. thematically, it's very similar. It's about a mother looking for her son rather than a father looking for her daughter, and it kind of goes to the same places that Chad was talking about, identified with this about where it sort of turns from a, you know, it turns into a revenge story almost along the way, where you know, with no care for the things that are happening around her at some point. Um, it's good. It's it's very, it's similar to the hunt in a lot of ways, um, but hmm. good. Yeah, I have to check it out. Oh, we, we were just talking about um, would you want to see a sequel to the hunt, or what would you want to see in a sequel to the hunt more so? Oh, I mean, I yeah, I would definitely want to like, I, I would definitely like to read more that takes place in this world. Like, even if it doesn't necessarily have to do with this same cast of characters, I think. There's a, like I said earlier, there's a lot that's into that here. And I think Ch- Chad sort of said it more explicitly, but like with the politics of the spirit world at the end, there's so much room, I feel like, for like compelling, compelling narratives in that 
in in that realm. Um, that it, it's simultaneously a little bit disappointing to not get it here, but it would be very exciting to to get a to me like to get a story that's more focused on on that side of things. Um, and, and I get why, like, it ends up being grounded in sort of, like, the revenge story and the human side of it, because that's, you know, that's sort of, like, the entry point. Um, but but I think that, like, I don't know, there, there's sort of, like, a, an instinct in mo- a lot of modern horror, and this isn't just comics, but movies as well, that, like, you, you horror has to be a realm to, like, tell stories about you know, the human experience of like trauma or, or, or whatever, which is fine. Like there's a lot of great stuff that deals with, there's like a lot of great like works that sort deal of a with current that trend. Yeah. Um, it's just that like there, I, 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 I would like to see like a version of the hunt that was like, you know, maybe less interested in all of like the human side of things and more interested in like the, the actual horror of, you know, and maybe even like the existential horror of like these fairy creatures basically getting to be the arbiters of who lives and who dies, mm-hmm. uh, in the way that we see at the beginning, um, with, with, with Orla's father, uh, and, and yet like the average person has no idea what's going on, you know, literally side by side to them. But I have a question. What's up? Yeah. Why is it called the hunt? Hunting for her dad's soul. Well, I, I, I actually think that that's... It, it's the revenge thing, right? Like, she the, the story is, like, thematically, like, her and her... Orla and her grandmother are hunting the people... The, the, the slough, I think, the slough that, that took her father and then, in turn, are then being hunted for, for breaking the rules of the, uh, of, the, of the spirit world by taking his soul... I just think maybe this comic could have done like marginally better if it had had a better title. <laughs> the hunt gives me nothing. Like I about mean, it, it's hard to it was it's it was hard to sell horror comics in 2016. It still is. I mean, for how you know important the horror genre is to the history of comics, like selling horror comics is a really tall <clears> order. <laughs> I don't think there's been, I mean, not to just DC Comics, I don't think there's been a successful DC Comics horror book in, like, a long time. And most of them are like, oh, they go 10 issues. It goes, like, you, you get, like, Gotham by Midnight. Well, some of know. those um, Joe Hill books sold okay, but I think that's in large part because they have the Joe Hill name on the cover, and that probably moves issues, especially, like, in a tra- in a bookstore market when you get stuff in trade at, like, Barnes & Noble and stuff. I, I mean, largely it's Scott Snyder who's the big horror name in, in comics um, for better, or for worse. Not anymore with, though, really. Oh, with like witches and he wa- I mean, around this time, maybe like 2015, 2016. Yeah. But I don't think there is a big horror. I mean, again, I think it's Joe Hill. Who's like the big horror name in comics and he's primarily a novelist. Yeah. Yeah. James Tinney, a nice house on the lake. That's what he's doing. Scotty Young, me love in the dark. This is, this is what you get when you search uh, horror, horror comics. comics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff out there, but it's not. Jeff Lemire's like... Gideon Falls. Andrea Sorrentino. Afterlife with Archie. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to stop reading books now. <laughs> Everyone's favorite horror comic, Afterlife with Archie. Yeah. That book that's definitely ongoing. <laughs> it's ongoing. Um, so there, you know, the, we mentioned there were a lot of characters in this book, and some of them feel a bit uh, 
a bit forgotten, but do you guys have a favorite character in here? And is it Orla? Orla. I feel like the story is set up in a, such a way that you want to like Orla and the grandmother because they're like the badass take charge characters. They're typically in control. They're they're a step or two ahead of the things they're fighting. Like they're yeah. just that kind of character, and it's fun. It is really fun to spend time with them. Yeah, I I think it's yeah, it's definitely set up that way, and then it's also set up to like make the reveal that they actually instigated the things that are happening to them at the, at this point in the story uh, be all that more, all that much more like of a disappointment and like a, almost a betrayal by the, by the characters um, for what little page space he gets. I do really like the detective character. Uh, he seems like the only person who like, is in any way empathetic to like Orla's situation, which, you know, by the end, maybe she's not the most deserving of empathy in the way that you yeah. maybe think she is at the beginning. Because yeah. the beginning, it sets her up as, like, a very sympathetic character who's just been driven to the point she's in. Uh, yeah. Um, but, like, he actually seems to be willing to, to sort of give her the benefit of the doubt in the way that he talks about her and, like, being familiar with her past in ways that, like, basically every other character, even her, even her younger brother... Uh, and it turns out her younger brother has good reason to be like a little bit suspect of her and like, you know, not not happy about the way that she like is so interested in the occult because it, you know, she put his dad's soul inside of him and, you know, Oops. and also the soul of the of of the people who killed her father. So, you know, it's a it's complicated. But yeah, I, I, I like the detective for what little page space he gets. And I, I really wish that like that's part of the reason I, 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 w I wish that like some of those characters had more page space. Cause I think like conceptually the way they're set up is compelling. They just don't ever get to do anything in the story really. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for books where it's like a detective who's like, doesn't believe in supernatural stuff and Oh, it's a supernatural case. Whoa. What is, what's going on? Uh, well, there was that book a couple years ago with the, with the actual supernatural case that the detectives were following. Oh yeah, called? fear uh, case. Fear case. Fear case. Yeah. Oh wow, great name. Oh, that yeah. was good. I love that yeah, comic. Fear case was fucking awesome. Read fear case. It's great stuff. Um, do you guys have any last favorite character? Oh yeah. Me? Yeah, I liked Orla. Oh okay. I don't know if you had already said that. I did. I think I did. Any, any okay. closing thoughts on the hunt before we ask our most important question about the book? I do, but if other people do, they I, they can go first. No, go ahead, Chad. So. Uh, going to some like basic bitch literary analysis, I really like uh, the focus on eyes and seeing in this, which kind of makes sense because like, you know, the occult is like, do you have the sight for it? But like the grandma's missing an eye, the evil changeling who's been corrupted, his glasses are cracked on the same eye. So he effectively has one. We get a lot of panels of Orla just seeing half her face and only one of her eyes. Um, and to me, it just kind of goes back to this, like this narrow sighted view of what they're trying to do, the, the revenge aspect where they're only seeing exactly what they want to see. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Just to, the uh, the symbolism of it, I suppose. And I also really liked how old Orla looked uh, like she's supposed to be a teenager. But some of these panels, like she looks as old as her mother. She uh, there, there are times when she's got the same like body posture as her grandma and you kind of get this idea that she's going to turn into her grandma oh, yeah. who doesn't seem like a particularly happy character <laughs> and so like there's a there's you know like okay trauma ages you and it puts you on paths you know that you maybe don't want to be on uh there's there's just like so much little stuff going on in the artwork that 
is trying to say a lot. And I think that is one of the things that makes this comic hold up as well, is it's just kind of like a treat to figure out what is being said, but not through words, because there's a lot. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I like the, the grandma angle because you really do get the sense that like her grandma has also been fully absorbed by uh, the quest to, you know, not necessarily just write this wrong, but you get the sense that she has been involved in it way longer, like way before Orla's father gets taken by the, by the slaw. Um, and the way that that sort of gets passed down, it's another one of those things that, you know, you, I, I wish we got to see more of, um, was the, the grandma's like fanaticism almost. Yeah. This would have been such a good 10 issue mini. I know. Grandma prequel series. Yeah. Well, you don't even necessarily need a prequel series. Like you could do it in the context of this. You just need more page space for the grandma who basically who, who gets very little before she's stabbed and then out of commission in the hospital. Well, and this book's very flashback driven too. So like a 10 issue mini with more like, you know, grandma flashbacks and stuff like that would probably serve well. But I mean, to go back to talking about issue four, which I feel like we've we've talked about, we talked about a decent amount at the beginning. The you, the setup that it does, where in that flashback, uh, where you fit you're you're set up to believe that Orla is sort of like had her, enough of her grandma holding her back and is going off on her own to finally you know get her father's soul back. But then the reveal of like her grandma stepping out from behind the tree uh and revealing herself to the to the to the to the to the monster uh almost as like the mastermind behind the whole thing like it's like this really dark moment where you you sort of have this realization of like oh like orla has almost been indoctrinated into this and like literally earlier i think it's an issue three you get the bit where like after they after orla disappears right after they find her father and then she's found and then she goes to live with her grandma and like almost isn't allowed to like go back to her mother and Ollie. Right. Like there's so much that's implied in like what happens in between those flashbacks um, and in between the conversations that we do see that I, like, I think there could be something really interesting. The book could be trying to say something really interesting about like the way, like, you know, intergenerational trauma almost, but doesn't quite hit the mark. There's another instance of like, again, fantastic ideas and then like a little inconsistent on executing those those ideas yeah for sure um and the final question which character in the hunt cries the most um i think it's orla but you know a lot of a lot of death and such but the grandma's pretty old so it could be the grandma Hmm. she's had a lot of life to cry yeah but she doesn't seem like a crier anymore i think there was a time and she's past that so Orla's not a crier either. Yeah. I'm going to say but the little kid, brother maybe. W- when she was like coming out of the woods as a kid, was she crying in that scene or was she like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm coming no, out of the woods. No, she was just, "Hey, what's no. up?" Yeah. Mm. She's she's like hard she's she's hardened as a, as a very young kid. Um I I, I do think Emily's uh, uh like Emily mentioning Ollie, the younger brother, I think is probably the actual thing. Uh he seems like the the contrast between them is like so striking where he he actually like gets to be a kid in a way that like it seems like that got taken away from orla very quickly um i don't know if like you know either through the influence of the grandma or because like 
he wasn't old enough to really process the like his father dying at a young age but then also so like he's much more normal so when all the occult stuff starts happening it also doesn't help that it happens largely to him in that like he starts get his he, there's like this that horrific scene at the end of issue four where he, the the the, fi- the last page stinger um of him just like full like transforming into one of the the changelings and his body is like he looks like Gollum almost like he's hunched over and has like withered away Gollum yeah yeah um so it, it's you know it, it's it's a, it's a creepy page and also like I think he might literally be crying and have tears in his eyes or he's like at the very least he's like on the verge of tears um it's uh you know it, I, I would go with Ollie for for this question I think. Mm. I think it's the mean girls in high school because if you're mean, it's because someone was mean to you in the first place. That's the wow. hunt, guys. So, wow, so true. so true, Alex. Very insightful. Uh, did you hear that? That insightful sound ringing off. Wow, that's uh, the Doomsday Clock saying it's time for our first ever cry space. It's a new segment we're trying out uh, where we highlight one thing that made us cry this week. Um, and what better way to kick it off than with? I can't do chat. He's he's new here. That'd be very rude. Um, Chad, Chad, what's one thing that made you cry this week? I I did not cry this week. What's the closest thing that brought you to um, an emotional? Inspired a strong emotion, and you can pretend it made you cry. Yeah, Um, I watched the uh, we watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special for for Christmas, and when Charlie Brown's like Lucy, it's Christmas and everyone's happy, but I'm depressed. I was like, hey, hey, that one's the me. Yay. Here's it's nice to be represented. <laughs> we all grew up to be Charlie Brown. Society pulls the football from underneath us. <laughs> and then we got to go to work the next day hungover. Uh, I don't want to go to work. Spend the first 22 of, two years of your life thinking you're going to get to kick the football. And then every year after that, yeah. it's further and further. Like Tom away. Brady's still kicking a football. He's like 40. Like, what is this? He throws a football. Alex. Yeah, he he doesn't. Ki- he never kicks the football. And he the way he his throw rings, the- are, his hands have so many Super Bowl rings. He can't he throw anymore. He can't he, throw anymore. He has he, to kick. No, you're right. He can't throw anymore because he's fucking lost. Ayo, that's a little Ayo. bit of a current football humor by Jean Luc, our resident football expert, and who's also going to tell us about his cry space. Uh, yeah, I uh, I've been doing a lot you know continuing my catch up on movies that i didn't get to see in calendar year 2022 that were released that year uh and i uh watched a movie called uh benediction uh in the time since we last recorded uh which unfortunately the characters are british so i couldn't be that sympathetic to them um but it was a very you know emotional uh story about a, a war poet uh you know coming to terms with his own sexuality after world war one um and there's some like really moving moments in it and i would also highly recommend it i think it's a really a really well-made picture if you can stomach the british accents for two hours emily uh my cry space is that i made a blueberry cobbler for to bring to my parents house for christmas and then i did not bring the leftovers home 
Oh no. I'm just gonna I mean I have stuff to make more cobblers, so I'm just gonna make another cobbler tonight. But uh I was very sad when I got we were literally five minutes from my house, which I live like an hour and a half away from my mom. And I was like, we forgot the cobbler. Oh, it was tragic. I didn't even have any. Oh. I know. I was like why? so I was so full from dinner that I was like, well, I'll have some when we get home later. And then I oh. didn't bring in home later. I don't know. Those big holiday dinners, I'm always full at the end, but I'm like, fuck it. It's a holiday. I'm eating more. So. <laughs> I should have listened. Uh, I should have done like you, John Luke. That's where I went wrong. Yeah. Yep. The food genius. Hey, I John Luke, the food genius. Need myself a, a WWJD phrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my cry space was because we played, me and John Luke played Apex Legends last night. Picture this. I know, it's, a, it's amazing. Alex actually played video games with me. That should have been your Picture cry this. space. <laughs> no, yeah. that's a, well, it, it, I cried in happy tears. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah. My cry space was going to be that we lost, but it was really that I've been enjoying playing Apex Legends with uh, with Jean-Luc on, on evenings. Yeah. That goes. My real cry space also is that I haven't been playing VR chat because it was on Christmas Eve and I didn't play the week before. So to Chad, uh, Cameron, Joe. We miss you. Thank you. I and I, you. Yeah, you should get it. It's great. Um, but yeah, that's that's the hunt, guys. Wow. We made it through in record timing. We're going to go through some quick plugs. Uh, as I yeah, Alex didn't leave. even have to leave halfway through the show like we thought might happen. Oh, well, it could still be halfway through the show if you guys want to stay on and talk for another <laughs> hour. It's, it's all up to you. Um, but check out the Twitter of our show, at Crying Book Club. You can, you can interact with us. We love it when you do because uh, the intern has nothing better to do. They're not getting paid, but they're not getting paid for this specific uh, reason. So they're they're ready and willing to answer your stuff. Um, Red and review is five star on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, Jean Luc, you can find him on Twitter at Mountain Dew Liker, Letterboxd at JL Botbill, and his Letterbox is getting a lot of attention recently. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the Twitter thread. I'm not quite sure. Um, well, if I put movies in the Twitter thread, I'm also logging them on Letterbox. So of course, of course, uh, you find me on Twitter at Alex Hansiak. I will not tweet though, unless it's to the Comics Podcast. So do with that as you will. Uh, no, Crying Book Club. Jesus Christ. Emily, Twitter, M Pandanata, Letterboxd, Pandabore, Twitch, Pandabore, where she be streaming. Yeah. The Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney games. That's true. Which one? Find out at time of recording, yeah. at time of listening. At, yes. Uh, and podcasts. Imagine me and you tonight, Fresh Podcast Network, and coming out in the year this year. That looks terrible. Yeah. Wow. Is it out already? Check your podcast feed to find out. Wow. And Chad. Hey, that's me. Thanks you for coming by. Find, yeah, you can uh you can find my me on Twitter at anonymband. You can find my music at anonym.bandcamp.com. I have some novels and short stories and stuff on Amazon. If you search Chad Waller, they will appear. Don't buy the one that looks Christian-y. That one's not mine. Buy the one that looks Satan-y. That, no, oh, that one is mine. I gave those I gave those to my family this year, the Christian ones. I had the, the Satan ones, <laughs> so I decided to. It's an easy mistake to make. Yeah. Um, I should have a new book out maybe by the time this episode goes up called The Grimoire Library. Uh, I got the coverage on. I have to do a bit of last-minute work. Good-looking cover. Yeah, we got, a, we got a sneak peek being in Chad's Patreon Discord server thing uh it looks cool it looks cool i i i looked at it at night and then I looked at it in the morning and i was like there's a bookshelf in the cover it was a, it was a big it was a big uh big big event so i hope you'll enjoy it too 
Um, but I think that's it. Uh, oh, I got a game on Steam called The Land of Glass that was on sale and it might not be anymore. Did you plug Opinions Are Cheap? Oh, yeah, I got a podcast called Opinions Are Cheap where me yeah, and my friend a lot of Cameron. Stuff. I know. I, it's horrible. I've Busy if I If I didn't have hobbies, I would be forced to exist like a regular human being. And I don't know how I would handle that. Chad also has a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like no. you hear all that and you think he's like that, you know. But no. It's not quite full-time. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. Uh, As my coworkers like to remind me almost every day. That's right? You were also on an episode of uh, That Looks Terrible, right? Yeah. That might be out talk, by now. Talking Morbius. <laughs> Yeah, that movie that was better than um than the uh the shitty one I like to dunk on. I can't remember the name of it anymore. Underworld. No. <laughs> I just remember we talked well, a lot this, about Underworld. This 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 joke tanked. Hell, oh, never mind. Uh, I don't know. Did you just actually forget the name of the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, a good, what's just, a good movie? Just gone. Okay. Better than Gone Girl. Better than Gone Girl. <laughs> wow. Was that new Carpenter movie? Oh, Crimes of the Future? Oh, yeah. fuck not, off. It's not Carpenter, it's Cronenberg, but... Whatever, he started... Whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's all the same shit. Ayo, and if you... Bye. <laughs> See ya. Goodbye, everybody, apparently. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Chad. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're, we're doing this live in studio, so he, he flew in for this, by the way. There's a little, little behind Boy, the scenes. Why are my arms tired?